It's time for the Ron and Brian podcast. Get ready to fill your ears with the latest news, politics, current events, and whatever else we feel like talking about this week. And now, your hosts, Ron and Brian. Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday night. It is 8 o'clock. It is time for episode 220 of the Ron and Brian podcast. Brian, how are you? It looks, uh, I, your, your background looks slightly different than normal. Is everything okay? I know many of our listeners reach out when you're not in your home base. How are things? I'm perfectly fine, Ron. This background, I um, I don't know if you can tell from the way it's cut. This is a green screen background. I, oh. uh, I downloaded this off of um, uh, Twitter um, and it was, um, it said, a uh, beautiful apartment background for zoom meetings and that was my google search was beautiful views for backgrounds on your zooms and this was the background that they gave me so i downloaded we're trying it uh i may use it again may not we'll we'll see where we go okay sounds good well listen i you know it's i appreciate you putting the time and effort in for the podcast and hopefully our viewers out there will appreciate it as well uh in the meantime uh let's figure out what we're drinking tonight drink of the week Drink of the week, drink of the week, drink of the week. Brian, if I can ask you a very personal question tonight. Sure, Ron. What are you drinking? Listen, Mermaid Pilsner. This is all about crushable beers. You know, I picked up a 12-pack not that long ago, um, 5.2 ABV, light-bodied, crisp drinking, nicely hopped. I mean, you can never go wrong with a Pilsner from our friends at Coney Island Brewing there in Brooklyn, New York. A lovely summer, crushable beer, perfect for hot podcaster summer. All right, hot podcaster summer. Hot podcaster summer. Mm. Mm. How is that uh, mermaid pills? I mean, it's the standard in uh, in both our households to drink. Don't you, you don't even have to ask me whether I like it. This stuff is very good. Ron, nice. yes. What are you drinking, Brian? Many people say nothing good comes out of New Jersey. Oh, I'm not. I'm not going to debate you. I'm not going to tell you that I think you're wrong. Okay, I think uh, you're absolutely correct. But there is at least a few good things out of New Jersey. One of those being our good friends at Cape May Brewing Company, uh, of friends of, of the podcast. And uh, you know, I know last week you were a little shocked that I brought an IPA to the table, was, since it is was. you know hot podcaster summer. Hot podcaster summer. Mm. And we're sticking with uh, drinkable, uh, lighter beers. So this week I went with the Cape May Always Ready Hazy Pale Ale. They describe it as intensely aromatic and crushable uh, with the addition of wheat and oats for a medium body and with brilliant aromas of tropical fruits like pineapple, mango, and citrus zest. This lush hop bomb is always ready. So let's take a look at that. A little hazy. Nice, oh, uh, very, nice bright would, color to it. Yes. It's got a light hue. It's not too dark. No. Very aromatic. I would agree with them on that. 
do you all, right off the bat are you getting the citrus flavor? There's a there's some good citrus. It's very light, very very crushable, very tasty. Mm. Now the question is this: It is right now four minutes into the episode. Okay, how long do you think it is until you have finished that? Beer. This this one's going to go down easy. I'm going to say by the by the half hour mark, uh, this is probably going to be gone. Ooh, that's a that is usually a sign that yes. Ron is enjoying his beverage. Do you have a second one lined up? Uh, I actually I got a case of this, so I could always run down. I don't have a second one lined up. I might need to put the show in your hands if I have to run down and grab another beer. Listen, I mean, right off the bat, I, uh, you know, I've got several rants, you know, that in, in, <laughs> in stockpiled, you know, that every, uh, you know, every couple of days I have a, uh, I send you at least a thousand word essay on my rant of the day. Um, you know, you've promised me that one of these days you're going to let me go on a rant. Um, you know, uh, most recent topics were. Uh, stop. Matt, I, come on, that was that was in play. Uh, but listen, as anyone who listened to the uh, the show that you did when I was on vacation, uh, we know that you can uh, you can fill airtime. So yes, I can fill airtime, but that's the only time that I can go an hour and forty minutes. Hey, hey, oh, ah. all right, let's keep things rolling along here. It's time for beef of the week. Ron and Brian's beef of the week. Brian, what's bothering you this week? Betrayal. Really? Betrayal, that, Ron. Yeah. That is serious business. My beef of the week is betrayal. My beef of the week is when a good friend of yours rejects you for a, um, a, a scheduled regular activity. Okay. So that they can go to a baseball game and watch a post-baseball game concert by Vanilla Ice. Are you referring to any, are you referring to anyone in particular, Brian? Juan, I think you can answer that question. Do you <laughs> feel I'm talking about anybody in particular? One I, of the things that has become, how do I say this, a staple in our friendship is barstool sports, rough and rowdy boxing from uh, West Virginia. I believe it is Huntington, West Virginia. I think it was this time around. Yes. Wild guess. Wag, if you uh, want to know. Um, is that uh, uh, you, myself, uh, William Esquire, um, the three of us get on a, uh, a Zoom video and uh, we gamble and we watch Rough, Rough and Rowdy, which is some of the worst um, yet legally licensed boxing matches that you can get, um, uh, and 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 this time around, um, you know, as soon as it was announced, I sent out the meeting invitation. William Esquire said, "I schedule my life around rough and rowdy. There's absolutely nothing that would get between the you know me rough and rowdy and getting to spend time with Ron and Brian." And I sat there and said, "I'm immediately ordering it right now because there's nothing that I enjoy more." than watching Rough and Rowdy with Ron and William Esquire. And then we sent you, um, I sent you a text because I was getting a little concerned. Right, right, I right. Not, I had not heard from you anything about how much you were looking forward to Rough and Rowdy. 
And what I got from you was a response to my text saying, ooh, sorry, I'm not going to be able to make it this time. I have tickets to a Phillies game, and there's a post-game concert with Vanilla Ice, Tone Luke, Rob Bass, and DJ Jazzy Jeff with no Fresh Prince. And it hurt, Ron. It hurt that especially considering my beef of the week last week when um, the concert was so terrible. Um, The show was so awful um, that you would sit there and um, prioritize this concert over William Esquire and myself. Um, That is my beef of the week. It's is friends who, who, who turn their back on you at, at the opportunity to go see Vanilla Ice in concert. Listen, I, I will. All I will say is, uh, you know, it wasn't. I was just going to a game. Uh, my brother and his wife were coming into town uh, for the the night uh, for all of us to go to the Phillies game. So, mm-hmm. uh, not that I not that I prioritize people in my life, but you and I spend a lot of time together. You know, my brother and I uh, not always the same amount of time. So. And yes, Billy brings up a good point. I took it down there, but uh, this is not the first time I've missed Rough and Rowdy. I forgot. It wasn't a Phillies game last time. Maybe it was. I forget. But uh, there was definitely, I I definitely missed it. I believe it was April or May and you missed it again for a Phillies game. So uh, I will will do my best. I'm not going to guarantee it because I don't want to let you down. But I will do my very best to make the next Rough and Rowdy. Rough and Rowdy 19, I will do my best uh, to Put it on your calendar. It's either Friday, December 2nd or Friday, December 9th. Heard both days mentioned during the broadcast. Johanna brings a good point. You're both the pot and the kettle right now. Um, I think that's a a reference to you not always checking your calendar. And uh, not always making events that people event, uh, invite you to. I've been no, I have been known to double book in the past. Um, point taken. Um, I hear you, Johanna. I, 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 I'm going to. I'm going to use this as a teachable moment. Teachable moment. And I'm, teachable and moment. I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn from this, Ron. Yes. What's bothering you? So uh, my problem, my beef this week, Brian, uh, is home improvements. And uh, first, let me qualify that by saying, yes, I get it. This comes from a a place of privilege. It's very much a first world problem. I'll acknowledge that. We acknowledge this kind of stuff. It's why Time Magazine has named us the most woke podcast of the year, three years running. Uh, But so we're getting uh, all of the floors in the house redone uh, over the next few weeks. However, that sounds very white of you. <laughs> however, that sounds very uh, white of you. Very obviously, to uh, to do that, you need to move everything out of the rooms being sure. done. So we started that process today by uh, cleaning out the uh, the walk-in closet in uh, in our bedroom, which I would say probably ninety percent of the clothing in there uh, is my wife's clothing, and sure. well, we, she listen. She was voted Vogue twenty twenty. Um, woman of the year for um, uh, uh, Eastern Pennsylvania. Very true. Very true. um, You know, uh, her fashion sense is just impeccable. Um, She keeps up with uh, all trends. Um, She's a a trendsetter, if if you dare, um, which is why I think that, um, you know, I would understand that she has so many clothes. So anyway, we, we donated, I would say, six big garbage bags of clothing and there's sure. still just racks of clothing clothing with tags still on them 
purchased and, and just never even worn. It infuriates me to no end. Infuriates <laughs> me Did to no end. These are clothes that she bought, put in the closet, and just forgot about them? Yeah. My mother used to scream at me for that <laughs> shit because, like, once every every new season, we would she would make me go through my closet to take out the stuff that we were going to put in boxes for the next year. And as we were going through it, if like there was like if it was winter, we were going into spring, and she would find a sweater with the tag on it. She would say, "I don't know why you don't." I mean, I'm like, she wasn't like yelling or anything, but you could tell you had really pissed her off. Yeah, so that's that, that's my. So did you? Were you yelling at the wife? Um, I mean, there was like any uh, home project. Uh, there were raised voices uh, over, you know, who said they were going to do what and what order the rooms were going to be done and that nature. Um, and again, I think that it, it's a testament to the strength of our relationship and the strength sure. to our marriage that uh, neither of us have killed the other during any of these home improvement projects. Well, I think that speaks to your years of marriage counseling. I know that, you know, when you were doing pre-Cana with your priest prior to getting married, I remember he made the recommendation that, you know, you guys hadn't finished the work, you know, by the time that it came to your wedding day, um, which was why I think um, it was very important. You know, you guys did the, you know, twice a week um, counseling sessions um, mm -hmm. that I believe you did it for the next five years of your marriage twice a week. Um, with uh, uh, therapist Randy. Um, I mean, just the, 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 I've been able to watch, you know, from, you know, over the years, of watching course, the two of, of you, the progress you've made, because, you know, what I, what I think is really important listening to you and your wife when you, when you rage fight with each other is, I mean, sure, it's, you know, it's the, it's the fact that, you know, you guys do put the weapons down eventually, but ultimately what it really is, is just, you know, listening to the other person, not just exactly. hearing their words, but understanding where the rage is coming from. And I think that that is one of the things that, you know, as someone, you know, I, I, I've looked at the two of you, you know, when you guys are wiping the blood off of each other's bodies, you know, after a fight <laughs> to sit there and go like, you know, that is progress. That's love. It's communication. Um, it's, it's tone too, I think. I've had to mm. adjust to. So uh, my wife has something that I have uh, labeled uh, much to her dislike. Uh, you know how, how some women have uh, resting bitch face? Sure. She has what I refer to as resting bitch voice. Is really? that whatever she says just automatically comes out like, you know, she's she she's trying to cut me with her words. Now, is it like a sarcastic tone? Is it like a passive aggressive tone? It's, it's, How I, I feel it's like... more patronizing would be oh. would be the word I'm I'm thinking of. But again, it's coming from a good place. So I can see that. Also, Janelle right here would love to be a fly on the wall for a Ron and Mrs. Ron fight. Wouldn't we all? I think that, that you know, I believe that that's a pay-per-view that the country could get behind. You know, it's one of the things that would bring, you know, the far right, the far left, socialists, fascists, neo-Nazis, communists. This got to stop. All right, Brian. Well, let's wrap up Beef of the Week. Let's get into the meat of the podcast. So, no, we're no, we're yeah. not done with Beef of the Week. So you're starting on the second floor with your floors? Well, no. What they are doing is they're going to do half of the second floor, half of the first floor, and then they'll come back in a few weeks and they'll do the other half of each floor. What is the floor you're going with? 
Uh, well, no, they're are we talking they're, tile? Are we talking? Are they no? Just we're just we're we're getting the 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 wood floors uh, sanded and then refinished. What kind of process is that, if I may ask? Um, they can do half your floor in one day. It'll take about probably two to three days. Each time. Each time, correct. Because my uh, my wood floors in my apartment, were, I recently in my apartment painted, mm-hmm. as uh, William Esquire was uh, so quick to point out, and my floors are a disaster right now. Um, one of the things that my uh, super um, uh, did not do, and apparently I did not realize this was optional when it came to painting, was um, he did not put any drop cloths down on the floor. Oh, yeah. Like, no, you I should, thought you that was do a that. standard. I thought it was a standard <laughs> to cover the floor when you're painting, especially when you're doing ceiling work. Yeah, you're um, going to want that. So, you're going to want something to catch that paint that's inevitably going to drip. You know what caught the paint, Ron? My the floors. Fl- my floors caught the paint. <laughs> so there's literally like paint splatters and there's like white dust. And um, uh, I've been trying to figure out how the heck I'm going to get rid of it. Um, before I just decide, fuck it, I'm going to do nothing and just move on with my life. Um, so it's nice to know that there's people like yourself, like Mrs. Ron, who care enough about your floors to get it sanded and redone. It sounds as if the two of you have hit a level of white suburban life <laughs> where you are just run out of other projects to do. And you're like, how else can we come up with a reason to start yelling at each other? And you were like, Let's do the floors. And she was like, yeah. Well, it feels like we're going to do the floors. Then we're going to move on to redoing the closet. And then maybe an outdoor kitchen, Brian. We're not sure. An outdoor kitchen. Why? Why not? Why not make the out- outdoors, you know, your your oasis, Brian? See, that's my problem with owning a house is that it's it feels as if it becomes just an excuse to just constantly be doing renovation projects. Yeah, the, we, we went for a few years. Now we're, we're going to knock a few projects out and then... Uh, well, I mean, you to... had the pandemic, so I think that... <laughs> but no, I mean, when, when you and I, you know, um, uh, uh, were, uh, when we went up to Albany for the um, college reunion uh, at the radio station, I remember one of the things you were telling me was the nightmare of having your... Um, kitchen and dining room redone. Yes. And you were in the process of having it done. Um, and now, you know, the pandemic had, you know, hit. You weren't allowed to be doing home repair projects. In fact, you were doing them yourself. Frighteningly enough. Yeah, I got to tell the truth. You were, you know, your wife basically, because she saw that you were unemployed for such a long period of time when you were actually, you know, not bringing, you know, not even money into the home but you were not being productive. You weren't helping society anymore. She was just like, you know what you should do, Ron? Go downstairs into the basement, and I want you to paint the floor <laughs> tiles. I want you to get on your fucking hands and knees with this little bucket of paint, and I want you to paint tiles, and don't come back up until you've painted all of them. Um, while she was out there hiding um, unused clothes in the back of the closet, <laughs> thinking to herself, Ron's never going to find these. He has no reason to go through the closet. Um but uh, that's obviously not the case. Yes. So, uh, well, we'll, 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 I'll give you updates, Brian, as the, oh, uh, as the process goes on. Yes, I expect them. Because you will notice next week I will be in a, uh, in a different location uh, come next Sunday because this very office uh, will be part of the, uh, the work that starts uh, the following Monday. So when you say that you are putting in the work, you you're, you genuinely mean that. Oh yeah, like everything needs to be 
Everything needs to be taken out of here and put into another room, and then everything will have to uh, come back in and be set up again. Uh, this, is, this may sound like a stupid question. Does everything have to come off the walls, or is it just the furniture and anything that's on the floor? They recommended everything come off the walls because there's a lot wow. of vibrations from when you, uh, you sand the floors. What about the two hooks that you have on the um, uh, in the wall above the bed in the master bedroom? The two hooks right by right next to the bed posts. Um, do those are those coming out also? The, the handcuff hooks can uh, stay. They can stay. They can stay. Yes. Oh, good, because I I remember talking to your wife, and she was very particular with how they were placed because she said if they were too high up in the air, it was going to hurt her shoulders. And um, anyway, Brian, I, I'm going to regret that comment. She's going to fucking yell at me on that one. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, so, Brian, what? Uh, hey, Ron. What? What? What do you want? What do you want to get into? What topic do you want to start off? First with off, just because you know, I touched upon it earlier. But how you were at um, uh, Veterans Stadium this past weekend? Well, Citizens um, Bank Park, Veterans Stadium in um, in what do you call it? Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, how was the concert? It was the it was pretty much you saw three of this three of the four musical acts that I saw in New York. Yes, um, my lady and I we said that it was terrible. Walked out early. Um, what was your experience? Because it sounds right. like you and your lady stuck it around the whole time because you needed to run home so you could fight with each other over the floors <laughs> the next day. Well, obviously we went to the the Phillies game first. Phillies versus sure. the Mets. Uh, Phillies did not put up much of a fight that night. Mets won. I think the your final wife score put up was a stronger fight. And you were like, "Hey, what's in this box that's that's tucked <laughs> into the back?" She was like, "No, Ron, we don't need to open that." You're like, "No, I think we should." So Phillies won the game seven to two, and then they were like, "They're like, all right, uh, the concert's going to start shortly." And so all of a sudden they start just rolling all this equipment onto the field. There was, sure. you know, stages, lighting. Uh, people could get tickets to go down onto the field. Apparently, we did not do so. So was so it was, this was a separate ticket or like an add-on to it? It was or? so it, you could apparently you could have purchased field access tickets for the after concert in addition okay. to your ticket. To, we just stayed where we were sitting. But so they set up the stage right behind um, second base. Sure. And so everybody could stand on the infield. They didn't want anybody on the grass, or people could just Correct. stand on the dirt. Um, so hey, while... man, watch the grass, man. <laughs> so while we were waiting for that to be set up, that's when uh, they had DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, spin some music for us. He was set up in an area called Ashburn Alley, uh, which is uh, kind of where some of the food vendors are. So he was kind of like in behind center field and he's yeah. spinning, which was weird. He wasn't just spinning 90s music. It was 80s, 90s, 2000s, current music. So that was yeah. kind of odd. Um, and then there was a DJ uh, from one of the local hip hop stations that was standing next to him. Right on What's that? Was it TJ Red Alert? It might have been. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, but kind of like you said, uh, for your concert, this guy's just doing crowd work. Um, Correct. Doing during most of uh, most of the shows, uh, most of the songs, I should say. Okay. So then they finally get everything set up. They get right. you know all the people onto the infield. Start off with Tone Loke, uh, who uh, let's do this. 
who has somebody singing his songs with him because he right. appears he appears to get very winded uh, very early in a lot of his songs. So it doesn't yes. seem like he can uh, he can uh, do his songs like he used Everybody to. Everybody needs a hype man nowadays. Yes. Every, you know you cannot have a solo rap artist go on stage by themselves. They have to have a hype man. It's almost almost exclusively a male right. um, playing that role. It's almost, it's so rare that you know, a woman comes out as the hype woman. So um, Tolo comes out with his hype man. Right. Um, what was? How long would you say that they were on stage for? I would say, you know, they were probably on for maybe fifteen minutes. Okay. Um, okay. So, so I'll give you the flow, and I'll give you some of the consist- consistent things that happened throughout the concert. So it sure. was so Tone Loke, then it was uh, Rob Bass, and then obviously finished up with Vanilla Ice. Correct. So things that were pretty consistent. Everybody, I think, except for Vanilla Ice, uh, had a personalized Phillies jersey with their name on the back. That was like a consistent uniform thing. Sure. Um, Some of them had big gold necklaces with the Phillies insignia on it. Um, Again, lots of hype, lots of crowd work, lots of playing hooks of hip hop songs that weren't theirs. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, okay, correct. So it sounds like exactly, it sounds like the kind of show that, that uh, um, a lot that of, uh, a lot of, what's the name of this song? What's the, just so people would say, yeah. Wild Thing, Funky yes. Cold Medina. So yeah, yeah so, yeah. Uh, so he did, yeah, so Tone Luck obviously did Funky Cold Medina, a song that I have, it was just a mix of, I think, six or seven hip hop, just sure. hooks of different but songs. But not his, not but his. But not his. Right? And then doing wild do, things. Did he do gin and juice? Uh, he did. Yes, he did. He did gin and juice. And I remember sitting there when he started up, and I remember thinking to myself, Snoop Dogg is not here. Tone Loke right. has no um, connection with gin and juice. Why is he doing this? And then I remember thinking to myself, Well, at least he's doing a song, and he's not right. just doing like all the ladies say ho, all the fellas say yeah, ladies. Fellas, oh, I think the fellas got it this time. Ladies, can we give you one more chance? Ladies, yeah. So he did gin and juice. I forget someone did. Uh, there were some DMX songs that people did, like uh, Little Cisco. I mean, it was it was Rob Bass. I would say was the best. Rob Bass okay. probably sounds the closest to what he actually sounded like back when he All was right. recording. And then uh, and then Vanilla Ice came out, and Correct. oh, and the big I thing was. You- Getting women up on the stage to dance with them. Like Tone Loke had a good 30 women on stage with him at one point. Right. Um, yep. Rob Bass, not so much because he had so many hype men on stage with him. I don't think you could have yep. fit uh, a woman on there. Then Vanilla totally Ice right. brings all the women back up on stage again. Um, like you said, all the, be- he- all the beautiful ladies from Philadelphia, come on up stage. Southern Jersey, come on, let's rock it. Um, he had the he had the inflatable cans of his energy drink, which they threw out into the crowd, trying to get him to like bounce kid around like beach balls, and sure. people just just broke him immediately and just threw him that's aside. Phil- that's Philadelphia. So they ripped apart the inflatable uh, uh, cans. Yeah. Okay. So he did. I forget what he did first. He did some random song that I assume was one of his because of how many right. times he said ice in the song. Um, right. Then he did he did ninja rap, brought out the turtle. <laughs> it sounds like the same show. It sounds like you saw the same show. Then he did uh, he did some freestyle, which okay. was god awful, just just god awful. Okay. And then he did then there was a drum solo because why not? Why not have That's, a drum yes. solo? Well, I mean, you got you have to you're filling time at that point, right? 
And then he did he did some other song that again I assume was one of his. No right. no one knew this. And like there was literally like at this point we're just waiting for Ice Ice Baby. Of course, of course. And between the freestyle and the drum solo and this song that nobody knew what it was, people actually started to leave. Like the now, I was, hold on, hold on. Was the song that nobody knew, could that have been the um uh, song that he did for his energy drink? Or was this a different song? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't because tell you. Because there was one song he did after the drum solo that was for his energy drink. He had the guy come up on stage who did the song with him. And that was when, like, there was a guy on stage with the inflatables back in, you know, back and forth. It might be, but again, the inflatables were destroyed by that point. He did God. also do play that funky music, White Boy. He did like two oh, minutes of see, that. Okay, so that that was that that he did that after I had left. Keep going. So people were leaving now. I would say a good. 20, 25% of the crowd eventually was just like, we, we can't sit through all this yes. just to hear Ice Ice okay. Baby and just clear right, it out. Right. Um, yes. And then finally, does Ice Ice Baby. And now, so for the whole concert up to this point, he's wearing like a big long sleeve windbreaker, which we're not quite yeah. sure why, because it is hot. It is muggy. Like he is visibly uncomfortable wearing this thing. Right. Well, he wore it so that at the beginning of Ice Ice Baby, he could undo the the uh, the windbreaker, take it off, and show that he was wearing a vanilla ice T-shirt that said "Drop the zero and get with the hero" from his movie. Ew. <laughs> with the Ew. with the with the picture of him on the motorcycle at the bottom of the shirt. Oh, that's terrible. Why, it was. Why, uh, I, I, I mean, I, we know why, but it's just just sounds awful. So yeah, so then he did Ice Ice Baby, and literally the moment he finished, because he kept going, like he was, I don't know how much longer he went after that, but we we took off at the end of yes. Ice Ice Baby. We're like, all right, let's let's walk to the parking lot, get right. the hell out of here. But as we're walking, like the whole time we're walking to the parking lot, like we still hear music going on. And I'm not even sure, again, he's done his entire hits catalog at this point. So I don't know what he's rapping or singing or or whatever he's doing at this point wonder hold on i'm gonna look up um oh here we go um oh after ice ice baby oh shit this is why this is why you should have stayed he does no woman no cry by bob marley and the whalers wow oh my god oh my god how did oh Fuck, that's, you know, shame on you, Ron, for not sticking around for no woman, no cry. Maybe that was for all the women that were up on stage crying. Maybe. After the fact that their children saw them dancing awkwardly with vanilla ice. And apparently uh, ending with Biz Marquis, Just a Friend. Interesting. I I can't imagine how he slaughtered those two songs. Uh, It was, I mean, it was fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I think it, I think it works better as a concert at the end of a baseball game versus having to go to a concert where the expectation is they got to give you two, two and a half hours worth of entertainment. How long was the show? Would you say from the time that the, um, the DJ Jazzy Jeff started um, spinning on the ones and twos. How long was it until I, you know, like you left after Ice Ice Baby? How long right. did, would you say that was? I would say that was an hour fifteen, hour twenty minutes okay. at most. Okay, 
All so right. it was a good time. And listen, it was it was fun. It was good to you know go back in time as a sure. as a. But you would just Ice. watch the baseball game, so this yeah. was a nice little add-on. As Vanilla Ice kept saying, "We're all teenagers here tonight, yo. We're all teenagers here." And many many people commented that there ain't no party like a Philadelphia party, because a Philadelphia party ends with cars being overturned. And city officials literally lubricating lampposts with industrial grade oil to prevent people from climbing up and endangering themselves and the welfare of strangers walking down the street. That is a Philadelphia party. So that was uh, so yeah, that was my night at the Phillies and my my experience that I love the nineties. It was entertaining, but I can certainly see whereas if you had gone to it as an entire concert, yeah. uh, it, you would have been just infuriated by the end. Yeah. 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 And keep in mind, I, you know, just, you know, because of my, uh, my cultural heritage, I paid half price for my tickets. <laughs> and I was still outraged um, by the uh, product that was delivered to me. Understood. As you should have been. Very good. Ron, can I ask you a question? Uh, as always, you can. What are you watching? Brian, what am I watching? This has been a week, Brian. Uh, I am watching a few things on Apple TV. Um, I just watched uh, a show called Invasion, about an alien invasion. All 10 episodes are out there. Decent. I would give it a watch if you're into that kind of thing. Um, Five Days at Memorial, which is the story about one of the hospitals in New Orleans during uh, Hurricane Katrina. How was that? I I saw an ad for it, but um, was it five days? It's five days. So there's four episodes. The fifth one drops on uh, Friday. Um, Crazy. Like, yes. Again, I'm sure there's there's obviously some stuff is inflated because of Hollywood, but they use a lot of actual footage from Katrina, from New Orleans, what happened in the streets, what the politicians were doing. And it just it, it. not that it needed to be reemphasized, but just how horribly that was handled by local, state, and federal government. Well, I, I mean, I, it, I remember reading an article about that, uh, that hospital and what was going on. Because if I'm not correct, and tell me if I'm wrong, this is a hospital where nurses were charged with murder. Correct? Um, I don't know if they were charged. Well, they were but- criminal. No, I remember there were uh, medical professionals that were facing criminal charges right. for abandoning their patients during um, Katrina. Um, and I just I, I want to say that it was Memorial Hospital. But I think what uh, you know, the you know, from what I read, and obviously I do want to watch the series. But what it really is is um, is the lesson here is just how quickly um, when the social structure and the safety nets of different institutions get taken away at a moment's notice, how um, uh, the people who are in charge are so poorly trained in what to do. Right. And it was, you know, it was a situation of, you know, apparently 45 people died at this hospital. Right. And so the, the premise of the show is, you know, investigators afterwards trying to find out, like, were, you know, not necessarily were these deaths that could have been prevented, but were some of these mercy killings, were some of these situations where nurses, yes. because they knew someone may not survive, may have over-medicated them. But, well, I remember there was like a complete loss of power. Well, Obviously, they were on generators that were right. only going to last. And there were many people who could not live without, you know, um, without being sustained by um, 
uh, machinery, for lack of a better phrase. Well, and here's, you know, so you speak about the generators. The issue with the generators is the generators were in the basement of this hospital, which is the first location that floods when, you know, the water gets to a certain height so that the, the generators get knocked yeah. out. Um, to your point, you know, the, the show emphasizes that there was no uh, plan in place for the hospital in case they had to evacuate patients. Right. They had every yes. other kind of readiness drill available. Um, and, you know, but there was no one there to get them out either. There was there was limited helicopters. There was limited boats, limited trucks. Um, there was no one in control of the rescue efforts. You had many first responders waiting to go into Philadelphia or going into New Orleans. And, you know, no one no one was directing them. So it well, I thought I thought it wasn't Sean Penn um, heavily involved <laughs> in um, uh, helicoptering in and getting uh, people. Uh, I, I think that was Haiti. I don't know if that was New Orleans. I think that oh, may have been Haiti. I thought it was Sean Penn uh, because I, what I remember, mm-hmm. what I remember about Sean Penn during Hurricane Katrina is that he did go into several basements um, in various um, uh, uh, buildings, and I think he found several boxes of un. Uh, of uh, never worn clothes with um, with your wife's name on it that she, <laughs> really? had, that she had shipped off so that you did not discover um, how many uh, uh, articles of clothing she had purchased. Anyway, we're talking the, about uh, shows that we're watching, Brian. Maybe we can focus yes. back on the time. So, yeah, so I would recommend uh, Five Days at Memorial. And also, right. probably the best thing I watched all week is a uh, another episode. My sex tape? That, too. Uh, but okay. another episode of Netflix uh, Untold series, their sports documentary series. This one uh, called The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Uh, about the Monty Teo controversy uh, that happened. Uh, Manti. 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 Uh, sounds like a res- was- that sounds like a wrestler. Um, that sounds like a WWE wrestler. Manti Teo headlining Madison Square Garden this upcoming week with John Zena. So this, <laughs> so this goes back to uh, 2012 sure. uh, when Teo was a, a star at Notre Dame, uh, yep. and the the storyline of his senior se- uh, senior season was that his grandmother and his girlfriend both died on the same day, uh, yep. but then come to find out due to a Deadspin article that his girlfriend actually never existed and then the Never question existed. always was uh whether uh, whether he knew uh whether he was in on the hoax or whether he had just been catfished so Correct. this is a uh, this is a two episode documentary uh perfect length i don't think they uh, i don't think they really stretched it out at all um this could have been 90 minutes <laughs> okay and I, and I know i'm I, I know i'm sounding like a broken record saying that this is again netflix just dragging out a story but i felt that there was a half an hour in there um that could have been cut out and that half an hour was when they were interviewing um renaya who was the perpetrator of this hoax um and i felt uh you know i i understand that from the documentary um the documentarians hmm the documentarian's perspective, they were able to get not just the family, not just Manti Teo, but they were actually able to get um, Renaya Tui Masasopo. They were able to get um, the the person, 
I want to use right pronouns. I'm not looking to create a firestorm again. We're not, you know, I've, I, I've apologized enough on this show. I, I, I certainly don't want to offend anybody by, the, by using improper pronouns. Um, but they were able to get the perpetrator of this hoax, um, who was a, uh, a naturally born male, who decided um, that they were actually um, comfortable now living as a woman. And that was how they want to be referred to as. Um, and uh, it was, in my opinion, one of the grossest um, displays of fame seeking and rationalization for some of the most horrendous and, uh, and, and ugly human behavior. Yes. Um, that I have seen. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're not, nobody was murdered here. There was not, you know, nobody was assaulted. Um, but you have a, what I felt was a genuinely um, naive human being, this man Titeo, somebody who everyone, you know, looked at as this football player who was, considered one of the best college football players, you know, that year, uh, you know, uh, uh, was just, you know, sl slated for, um, you know, stardom in the NFL. And um, what you find out is that this, this is, you know, you have this stereotype of what a football player is. And this man was the, was the opposite. Um, on the field, you saw aggression, um, rage, you saw violence, all that kind of stuff that you would expect from a football player. Off the field, you really see a naive young man who is um, very uh, protective of his feelings, of what he is willing to open himself up to, um, and um, obviously gets catfished. Um, and this was back at a time when catfishing was really not like a uh, you know a piece of the American lexicon. Did I use that right? You did, actually. Mm, okay. Um, and um, so uh, so everybody sat there, and immediately the man's um, uh, uh, the esteem that people held this man at he was just completely deflated because people sat there and said either he's in on the hoax, um, talking about Manti Teo, not talking about Renaya, the, the person who did it. Don't want to say that that's a he because that's not the pronouns they use. They now refer to themselves as them, they. Um, but it is um, wild that you can have someone who is so emotionally invested in another human being that they have only spoken to on the phone. Now, this is already during an age where there is an internet, there is um, Google, there are um, uh, uh, video chat um, apps that people have on their phones. So to think that you can be in what is an emotional relationship with another person for a year and you've never seen this person, you've never met this person. Um, a lot of people have a lot of questions as to how deep can somebody truly feel towards another person. And the, the part that really just made me feel gross was watching Rania just enjoy the spotlight, enjoy being able to rationalize her experience or, or their experience, sorry, <clears throat> their experience as being this fictitious person. And it, nope, you know, it, it, they say, oh, you know, I apologize. And yes, I feel sorry. But you can genuinely see this, like, I'm so happy to talk about my experience through this, what I was feeling, my, you know, the circle of, uh, 
uh, of uh, emotions that I went through. And at no point do you genuinely get a sense of, I destroyed another human being's life. I found someone who was genuinely good-natured, was caring, was giving, and I have wrecked their um, complete belief in humanity. And I did it because I was sitting at home and I was bored and I wanted to, you know, uh, uh, pretend to be a woman to uh, a heterosexual males. And I felt like that was never um, highlighted. That was never addressed. Nobody sat there and said what you did was, you know, one of the was was a truly ugly thing to another human being. Yeah. Um, and 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 Naya, uh, as they now go by, you know, says, you know, again, apologizes a few times, <clears throat> but also the 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 level of justification yeah. they try and give for their actions um, and lack of accountability. That's uh, it. You that just nailed was, it. The that lack was the of most frustrating part yeah. of it. And and yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, you know, Manti was supposed to go first round sure. uh, in the NFL draft, did not, fell to yep. the second round. Um, so just from from a financial standpoint, um, millions of dollars lost. You know, sure. second rounders don't get the same guaranteed contracts. They don't get the no. same money. And, and it, it, it fucked with his head so much that, mm-hmm. you know, he talks about, you know, so he, he was playing for who? The Chargers initially, I think. And He's got, he got signed originally by um, San Diego Chargers. I think at one point they show him playing for the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. Um, so it's not as if he found a great career. But he, but he, he talks about you know how it was different when he was in college and playing at Notre Dame. Like he was, he was incredibly confident out on the field. And mm-hmm. in this entire thing, uh, you know, his trust being portrayed, his him second guessing himself for trusting this individual, you know, ruined his confidence on the field. Mm-hmm. And so even if he, you know, even if he could have potentially played up to his previous ability and maybe had a long career or gotten you know a better contract second time around like this entire thing just really destroyed his professional career sure i mean uh, i just pulled up his statistics he played three solid years with san diego chargers he played three games in 2016 then in 2017 he played 16 games in new orleans and then 2018 he played five games 2019 he played three and he never played professional football again yeah Again. So you're talking about a first rounder, you know, pretty much the kind of person that um, uh, NFL teams were going to base their entire defense around. And he played basically four seasons. Right. He was a finalist for uh, the Heisman Trophy. Um, sure. And he, if I'm not correct, he was also a finalist for um, the uh, Ron and Question Mark podcast competition. You were all it was all this show. You know, had it been a cruel twist of fate, this could have been the Ron and Manti podcast. Um, and, uh, you know, had it not been for the fact that um, he got catfished in uh, uh, 2012, you were all set to, um, if I remember, you were going to be doing the podcast with him afterwards. He said, if I can't trust the things that are coming out of his mouth, then how can I do a podcast with this man? Well, and that's and, why, um, you know, the the podcast, my podcast in general, got delayed six years until uh, until you and I reconnected. Brian, yes. What are you What are you watching? So despite uh, so despite the um, outrage of watching the uh, Manti Teo documentary, I also watched Trainwreck, 
um, Woodstock 99 on oh. Netflix. Um, here's a prime example of um, the streaming services literally jumping over each other to try to tell the exact same story in a slightly different way. Everybody, and I mean Everybody last summer watched the HBO documentary on Woodstock 99. Many people can sit there and say, hey, how can the story be told slightly different? Um, and the story was told slightly different by the good people at Netflix who decided that instead of making it a 90-hour movie, they were going to do three one-hour episodes, one for each day of the festival, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, uh, listen, if you are... Um, you know, if, if those were your heydays of culture um, was, not, you know, the late 90s um, or even if you were somewhat past it, but you were still, you know, locked into the zeitgeist. If you know who Corn and Limp Biscuit and The Offspring are, if you know who Sheryl Crow is and James Brown, if you know who. Um, this gotta stop. Sorry, please continue with your review. Um uh, you're going to want to watch this. It was, um, you know, I think they got interviews with a lot more people who attended the concert, who who, who were able to give a much more um, detailed ex uh, uh, description of what the experience was like as a fan. I think when you watch the um, HBO documentary, they very much gave you an idea from the organizer's perspective. This one got way darker in terms of the um, disenchantment that the um, concert attendees uh, experienced. And it, it kind of explained a little bit why um, there was such destruction and uh, the fires, um, the, uh, you know, the ransacking, the, the uh, you know, the, the destruction of the, of the concert grounds, um, not even addressing the, the alleged sexual assaults. That I was going to say, the, one thing I have heard from a few areas is that they kind of gloss over uh, the repeated uh, acts of sexual violence and assault that apparently took place over the three days. They definitely and, and what's the, the gross part of it, to be brutally honest, is the fact that they go out of their way to gratuitously show as many topless women as they can. Right. Um, while at the same time um, alluding, um, and I believe they had Michael Cher, who, oh no, John Cher, the famed concert promoter, um, basically once again giving his quote of, um, you know, women shouldn't be walking around topless, you know, if they don't want something to happen to them. Um, which is not really that cool of a thing to say nowadays. No. Um, but, you know, they show as many topless women as they can. Um, and at the same time, it's, you know, after, you know, they're, they're kind of wrapping up the story of the last day. They're like, oh, yeah. And there were also a lot of, you know, suddenly stories started to, to emerge after the last day of sexual assaults that were taking place at Woodstock. It's like, okay, well, that sounds like it could have been a story that you really should have spent a little bit more time with. Also, yesterday, I, um, and this was something, Ron, you would be very proud of me. I went into a movie theater and saw Bullet Train oh. starring Brad Pitt. And? Um, liked it. Oh, um, right. It felt like, and I'll be brutal, I, my, my, my genuine opinion of it was, it felt like somebody in Hollywood said, hey, we want to do a Tarantino film, but we don't want to pay Tarantino to do it. Um, so the writing wasn't as sharp. The story was a little bit more obvious. Um, at, but it was uh, a very violent 
Okay. Um, a lot of, uh, uh, in detail, uh, deaths and murders and blood and whatnot, um, which made me think, sit there and go, oh, this was somebody saying, let's do a, uh, a Tarantino film. I found it enjoyable. Coming in a little bit over two hours, um, uh, I, would, uh, I would highly recommend it to people. All right. Um, now, you sent over, do, do we have time to do Ron Rates mullets? We always have time to run to rate Ron um, to have Ron rate mullets. People, this was something that Ron and I spoke about during the week. Normally, we would have saved this for After Dark. You know, we talk about doing After Dark. Um, it is a special bonus episode we do every week. Um, we record it live after the podcast. It is available strictly for people who subscribe to our Patreon. So it's behind the paywall. You know, it's a way to give people some extra bonus content um, for those that are financially helping um, support the podcast. You know, it doesn't cost a lot, as little as $5 a month. We have several tiers. Um, if I'm not correct, about a week ago, we we, um, we announced the, the latest tier on our Patreon, which was um, the Diamond tier. Uh, yes. And if I'm not correct, oh, no, that was the Infinity tier. Oh, the Infinity tier. You're right. My apologies. And the Infinity tier was for $100,000. You became a lifetime Patreon. And I forgot what the um, – oh, there was only one. That's what it was. It yeah. was limited to one entry for the Infinity tier. Uh, and basically what I believe it was was that if you become a Patreon subscriber at the Infinity level, you are allowed to peg me. Um, while I cry into um, a, a box of Kleenex. Um, however, um, you know, uh, one of the things we talked about was we are going to rate mullets. Earlier this week, the 2022 winners of the uh, U.S. National Championship for mullets was announced. Um, and, uh, 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 and most importantly, for, for those who um, watch the show, we um, uh, photos, a photo slideshow was released. So instead of putting this behind the paywall, because we have so many stories to talk about, this is kind of an idea what you are missing if you are watching um, the podcast live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, the next maybe seven, eight minutes, you might be missing out. This is kind of a visual bit. Um, but, you know, we started off as an audio-only format. We've now expanded the universe into a visual, um, uh, a mixed media uh, product. So um, this is the kind of thing. So there were four categories in the mullet championship. All right. Um, there was a, a, a kid division. There's a teen division, a women's division, and a men's division. So for each of these groups, what I did was I pulled some uh, – um, uh, uh, also ran some significant um, uh, uh, others. And then I gave you the um, third place, second place, and first place winners. All right. Now the mullet, for those people that are wondering, we are talking business in the front, party in the back, high and tight up here, long and luscious in the back, Ron. Let's start with the kids division, all right. And let's go to the next second picture. And what I want you to do is Ooh. on a scale of one to five, one being, I don't think this is a great mullet. Five, this is one of the best mullets I've ever seen. Ron, you're looking at a photo of Henrik Rusch. 
in the kids division, Raiders mullet. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four. I mean, it's a pretty solid mullet. I think he could be doing more up top with it. Now, what, is it is it the fact of the curly, uh, you know, uh, a muff on top? Is it the high and tight, you know, number one on the side? And then the curly locks coming down. Listen, the curly locks are beautiful. That's why it's oh, getting are four. Um, and it's tight on the sides. I think, again, I think uh, the top could be a little bit more under control. It's kind of going off to the side, kind of coming down the forehead. I like my mullets a little bit more organized. I like, now, again, it's, it's, it's party in the back. So the stuff hanging sure, down is a party. Business up sure. front. That is not taking care of business in the front. So that's why he now, gets a four. May I ask, would he be a four and a half if he were not a redhead? We know you have a, you know, one of the things that you, um, uh, you know, if you remember in episode 63, which we titled Ron Hates Gingers. Um, obviously, <laughs> we don't use that terminology anymore. It is offensive to those who are born with natural um, red hair. Um, you d- you went into a very long detail about how you hate redheads. Um, I- I'm very impartial, Brian. I-, I sc- I'm scoring this right down the middle. I respect that. Let's go to the next slide. You were looking at a photo Oof. of Neil Archuleta. I'm going to say he's probably about three, maybe four. Uh, I'm giving this one a two. This is uh, the first one, much more organized. Um, yes. There's very little effort put into uh, to styling this mullet. Uh, the top is all over the place. There's a part on the side, which, you know, it's a mullet. You shouldn't have a part on the side if you're, if you're doing a solid mullet. Uh, not, not a fan of this one. All right. Now we're going to go to our finalists. Coming in in third place in the kids' division, Denver Job. From Knoxville, Tennessee. See, I mean, I'm going to give this a three. I think the redhead had a better mullet. Like, I, I you know, I, I, I respect the lines on the side of the head. Uh, yes. the, the top is, uh, is, is, is nice and tight, uh, but there's really not much of a mullet in the back. See, what I like about this photo is that he is clearly wearing his best um, uh, white T-shirt that his mother bought from Walmart. I believe it is a Hanes um, 75% cotton, 25% rayon. That is the whitest shirt he will ever wear in his life. Um, three seconds after this photo, um, he spilled some tobacco juice right down the front of it, um, ruining it forever. But he's a schoolboy, down and true. Um, Denver Job, not a fan. Nope. All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, second place, Ezra, Ezra Kramer. Kramer from Arab, Alabama, missing a tooth up front. Got has some 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 lines uh, carved into the back of it, uh, the side of his head. Just a uh, you know what looks like a luscious mess in the back. He is also wearing a sleeveless jeans vest. Um, Again, it looks uh, like he cut his arms off. The the, the standards of judging uh, must be different than my standards. I'm giving this one a two as well. Again, very disorganized, uh, parted up top. Uh, the lines just aren't even on each side. Uh, missing a tooth. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm not a fan. Okay. I Listen, that is why this is bit is not Brian rates mullets. It's Ron rates the mullets. Your opinion is the only one that matters. As we move forward to first place, Alan Balls from well, Jonesboro, from our Arkansas. Jonesboro, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Arkansas. Wasn't there a shooting in Jonesboro, Arkansas a few years ago? Probably. I believe there was a school shooting there. Um, he won first place in the kids' division of the, the, um, 
U.S. Mullet Listen, Championship. this is he's he's working it. Um, yep. The the back is clean. He's got product up top. He's spiking the top. Uh, yep. The sides are tight. He's got the uh, the multicolored reflective glasses, and he's not going with a trashy white beer or nope. a sleeveless jean jacket. Nope. He's got the bow tie. I mean, yeah, it's yep. a clip on. He didn't button the top button of his shirt. He put a jacket on. I mean, this is class along with party. Uh, Alan, kudos to you. Five out of five. You deserved your first place finish. All right. Wow. I, I, I like to see when um, when you're happy, you know, when you're <laughs> trashing people's mullets, it makes it makes me sad. America weeps. Um, but we're, we're, we're happy that you are happy right now. Let's go to the teen division. All right. We're going to start Oof. off with Austin Kendrick. Now, see, we're not talking kids anymore. Now we're talking teenagers. So so, so the competition is going to get a little tighter just like buttholes. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to give this a three and a half. Um, again, the, the the length of the hair, the back of the hair, luxurious, uh, the sides. But he also shaves the top down, which I think doesn't fall within the spirit of a true mullet. Um, okay. And he also, uh, he looks like uh, the, the pizza kid from uh, the latest uh, season of uh, Stranger Things. So I gotta, I'm, I'm not going to half point off for that. I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I don't watch children's shows, Ron. So I don't get the Stranger <laughs> Things reference. Sure, sure. I'm not a fifty. I'm not a fifty-year-old white man who's watching it Stranger Things. But no. Okay, let's go to the next contestant. You're a fifty-year-old white man who willingly goes to a '90s concert. Fuck you, Ron. <laughs> Dylan Stroud. This. What is... are our thoughts about Dylan Stroud's mullet, Ron? I mean, I'm going two here. He's got long hair. I would, I would, I would argue. I mean, are the sides shaved? Is this even truly a mullet, or is this just a kid with long hair? A mullet does not have to be shaved on the sides. It's got to be high. It's got to be tight on the sides. Listen, but it does not have to be a buzz cut. I, 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 I disagree with you respectfully. This is a two. This is a trash mullet. Okay, maybe that's why. Uh, once again, I'm not saying that you know it is clear, but he also is a natural redhead. Um, if for those people scoring up at home, once again, Ron hates redheads. <laughs> Let's move on. Third place. Josh Boyette from Menomani. Menomano. Menomano. Menomani, Wisconsin. Again, you know, he I, doesn't look like Dave Mustaine. On a <laughs> he does. Again, I. I don't know that again. I, this I don't know that I refer to as a mullet again. It's just uh, it's just a long hairstyle. I'm giving this guy a two point five. It's a little bit more orderly than the last kid, uh, but I, I yeah I don't I don't I'm not feeling it. Not feeling it, Josh. Sorry. Now is this because he is a redhead? It is not. Again, I'm calling them as I see them, straight down the middle. I will say that um, according to Wikipedia, you know, I believe everything on the internet, a mullet is a hairstyle in which the hair is cut shorter at the front and sides, but is longer in the back. Well, then would you argue that this hair is neither short on the front or the sides compared to the back? Well, compared to the back, it is absolutely shorter on the front and sides than it is on the back. It's nearly covering his eyes, Brian. It's ridiculous. I'm not well, sorry. Well, he lives in Wisconsin. Of course, he's covering his eyes. The last thing he wants to see is some overweight man wearing a, a triangle cheese foam hat ejaculating on his head. Um, you know, he's he's looking to cover it up. So this way he doesn't know when his, you know, 
you know, when his uncle sneaks into his bedroom at night. I'm moving on, Brian. I can't look at Josh anymore. Let's go to second place, oh. Katie Campbell. Oh, from now Ellenboro, this. West Virginia. Now this, my friend, is a mullet. I'm giving this a solid four. Um, again, he's got it tight on the sides. He's got the lines shaved in, uh, a little puff on top, going down on the back. Um, the only thing that really also takes his score away, that, that hairline is uneven in the front, um, and uh, his eyebrows uh, also don't match. So... <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. All right, let's go to first place. Winner of the teen mullet. I don't even I don't even understand this. Besides, if you can get past the red hair run, tear Tyler Billingsley from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. I don't even see this as a mullet. And this I, don't, is even- I, I agree with you. Again, I mean, he's, he definitely uh, takes care of his hair. There's some product going on. Um, he's wearing the single gold chain. I mean, that obviously gives him points. I'm only scoring this a, a three and a half. To your point, he's, he needs some length in the back. I don't know that yeah. I even feel this is a mullet. I think it's yeah. just a hairstyle. I mean, what I do give him points for is he clearly went to the mall photographer to have for a photo session. Yep. I mean, this was not something that his mother just took a photo of. He These went He went posed. and got some glamour shots. I mean, yes. he, he spent the money. I get it. Uh, if that's he what the judges fall for. He started at Cinnabon. He got himself, uh, you know, one large cinnamon roll. Then he had the photos taken. Then he went to Auntie Anne's and got the cinnamon um, dusted uh, pretzel bites. So what's the, what's the next category here? Oh, the female oh, division. This is not the female version. This is not the women's division. This is the female division. Let's go. We're going to start with Michelle Mad Dog Durbin. All right. I mean, it's 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 a solid presentation again, multi-color uh, reflective uh, sunglasses. She's got the gauges in her ears, uh, the sleeveless uh, t-shirt. Uh, I'm going I'm going three point five on this one. All again, right, I can't I can't disagree with you on that yeah. one. Amy, Amy Lopez. All right, we got uh, we got a lot of t- yeah. I, I again, I would argue that this is just this is how she wears her hair. I don't know that I would call this a mullet. I'm giving this one point five. But what about all the tattoos? Is that not uh, a turnoff for you, Ron? I think you know that's. I think you're. I think you can't see the beauty of her mullet because you're distracted. <laughs> by the beauty of her tattoos. I don't I don't mind the tattoos, but again, I would argue this is not a mullet. All right, I'm just offended that these are the same photos she submitted to Inked Magazine <laughs> for their cover model. Here we go. Micah Myerskoff. Third place um, winner in her mullet. So third place, again, lots of tattoos. Gotta respect the 69 earrings that she's wearing there. Um... I mean, I guess this in a way is a mullet. I mean, she's got some, it's got it tight on the sides, bit of it's length. It's hard to tell with the it's bangs. very challenging. When you look at the side, back here, it looks like a mullet. On the, Back here, it starts to appear to be a mullet. But looking at the front version, I wouldn't even see a mullet here. All right, I'm going two and a half on this. All right, we're going to step it up to the second place winner. This is Jenna Raymond. Again. I don't know if it's a mullet. Ron, admit it. You hate redheads. <laughs> you have consistently trashed. I mean, she definitely uh, she definitely shaves the sides. She's got it parted over. She's got some length. I don't know. If this is what passes for second place, that's fine. I'm giving her a three. Okay, then let's see who the winner is. 
Maybe you'll be oh, happy here. Oh, my Cassidy friend. Jensen. Cassidy Ron, is bringing the mullet. I mean, she's naturally gifted uh, with a square head. I mean, right Correct. there, the the that's. I mean, you could take her head into your high school geometry class and put her face down on the paper and get a perfect score. That's how Correct. square that noggin is, and it really helps when she shaves the sides and gets the length in the back. Uh, this is a solid four point five out of five, Brian. This Listen, is as close to perfection as you're going to get. Ron, if there's anything that makes me happy, it is hearing you happy with somebody's mullet. Um, congratulations, Cassidy Jensen. Not only did you win the female de- fee mullet division mullet, of the U.S. Mullet Championship, but you also won the respect of Ron, and that is not an easy place to be. There you go. Uh, oh, and of course, Let's finishing with the men's the division. Men. I will say this. I saved the best for last. No doubt. Oh. Daniel Burton from California. Ron, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't know what it is. This isn't what I would consider a traditional mullet, but it's beautiful. And he's got the handlebar mustache. Uh, He's got the oversized uh, 80s sunglasses. Um, I'm going, I mean, it's a solid four out of five for me. It's uh, it's it's got some areas he could work on the front a little bit. The front's sure. a little uneven. I think he could take the sides down a little bit more. But overall, this it's a glorious main affair. Um, yes, I, I I think we need to move on. Let's see what is Rodney Jones from Indiana. Now wait, you mean Ron, to tell me these first two gentlemen did not place in the top three? Ron, I gave you um, I, I I want you to see a sample of the people who just did not warrant um, standing on the podium at the end for the um, medal ceremony. I mean, come on, Rodney. He's got, again, the oversized 80s, 90s era sunglasses. He's got the soul patch. Um, and he put some Karen product into that hair. Uh, I'm, sure. giving him, I'm giving him a four as well. I also believe that Rodney will have a featured role in the next season of Cobra Kai. <laughs> Very possibly. Very with possibly. With William Zabka. What is it? Zad- Zabka? Zabka. Zabka. All right. Let's keep going. Also, <sighs> does not stand on the podium. Christopher Safeli from Pennsylvania, your home state, Ron. Now, this is a man uh, who lives in a trailer uh, proudly. Yep. Um, yep. Again, the sides tight, top, clean sunglasses oversized and ridiculous um going 4.25 on this one um what were the odds that he was in washington dc on january 6th i mean he was there on the 5th didn't go home till the 7th oh yes yes he's proud he's a boy i'm not saying he's a proud boy let's move on to tyler Hmm. brew from the state of wisconsin not only um, is he a proud wearer of the mullet? But um, he also wants you to know he's rugged. Listen, I think this very possibly could be uh, Hangman Adam Page from AEW Wrestling, if not separated at birth. Uh, but still, uh, I'm after seeing those first three, I'm only giving this a three and a half. He, he's definitely put the work in. The sides are tight. He's got the lines cut in. Uh, but it just doesn't hold a candle to the, the gentleman that came before him. How did they get Manscaped as an as an advertiser there? Listen, um, I guess they got upset over uh, us not doing the reads properly. I'm feeling neglected, Ron. I'm feeling genuinely neglected. And there's nothing worse than neglecting to Manscaped during the summer months. 
The increased heat and humidity will play havoc with your crotch area, and you don't want to turn off any potential lady suitors with an unsafe stop. All right, we'll move on to Reese, Reese Caldwell. Caldwell. Reese Caldwell with the septum piercing. He septum. did go with septum piercing. Again, this is a package deal. Septum, per- septum piercing over by can of Coors Banquet Beer. Uh, glorious hair in the back. Uh, I'm giving this guy a four. How this man didn't place also unknown to me. Uh, Ron, unknown. He, didn't, he did not place. All right, who's so next here? We're still not up at the podium. That's how good the men's division is. Scott Collard from Kentucky. I mean, again, that's glorious. This is a true mullet. He's got the length. Um, I mean, that's definitely going down. That, that's that's yep. tit level length, which is, you know, I think its own category of mullet. Um, he's got the, the sides shaved. Uh, again, four and a quarter for this gentleman right here. This man has quoted himself on multiple occasions that if the government wants his guns, they're going to have to pry him out of his cold, dead hands. All right. Who's next here? Ray back from the state of Ohio. Again, Ron, and I don't mean to sound like a broken record here. Ray didn't even place. So that's a, that's a bush light. I think he's drinking there. Uh, he's got the sideburns coming out, almost connecting with the mustache. Ridiculous uh, sunglasses. Gives him some points. The mullet, I'm not as happy with, but I'm giving him an overall four. I also like the tasteful photo with the American flag. Yeah. Like he's, he's, he loves America. He does. And this is... Ryan Zuck Schwartz from Zuck the Schwartz. state of Michigan. Now I'm going to say this to you. If there is um, a way that this man can break my achy, breaky heart, it is Brian Zuckschwert from Michigan. He is just a beautiful man. I mean, it's a great head of hair, um, but I'm only giving him a 3.5. It doesn't, it's got a scream mullet. Everybody else up to this point has screamed mullet. I think this is. Is uh, there too much up front? Like, what's the issue here? It's almost too quaffed. It's almost too professional. Too I think. Perfect. I think it could be a little bit messier. And and then he'd get some he'd get some uh, some points. All right, how many more of these damn things do we have? I'm running. I'm running. Just a couple. <laughs> All right, Just a couple. Run. Jesse McKee. Jesse McKee from California. I mean, he was what, smart. What do you think about the off shaped head where he's slightly off skew from his neck? Listen. So the 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 right side of his head again is a perfect uh, 180 degrees. He's got some size and shape on the other. He's decided to stand in front of his IROC Z in the background. That's a solid choice. He's got some tattoo on his neck which I can't tell what it is. Um, I believe that that was from the Halloween 6 movie. That was the mark of, um, uh, uh, um, what was it? Uh, not Halloween, Shinween or whatever it was. I don't know. I, I, I can't even think anymore. Let's keep but moving I'll, on. I'll Ron. give him a four just for the IROC. All right, we'll take it. Kevin Pohalski, once again, Ron, I mean, what do you, what, what, what more could this man have done Brian. to landed on the podium? Brian. Yes. I just want to confirm one thing. That isn't a photo effect. The man has somehow uh, suntanned the American flag on his chest. Yes, Ron. And he has the Confederate flag tattooed. Um, He's got the... uh, This, I mean, again, I I am now I'm more anxious than ever uh, to see the top three because this is a 4.5 presentation right here. If I'm This is a level of commitment. We are about to hit 
our third place um, uh, winner. Uh, next line. All right. Is Bradley Suddeth from Alabama. I mean, he's a working man. He's got his UPS shirt on here. I sure. respect that. Wore the um, uniform. You, I, we know you love a man in uniform. But he looks too much like Jesus. And I feel that may have factored into the play. I'm only giving this guy a 3.5. See, to me, he looks like the kind of guy who's going to carry a Bible around in the prison yard. And if you if you make eye contact with him, he's going to try to tell you about our Lord Jesus Christ. But many more men, I think, would have been uh, better suited to be in third place. Uh, second place, oh, now this. Travis Seifert from Wisconsin. The man loves going into a lake. He's in a lake. He's got the hair wet, tossed back. Big ass sunglasses, sides yep. shaved. I'm going yep. to assume that's the American Eagle tattooed on his back. Of uh, of four and a quarter. 4.25 out of five. Well, there's only one thing left for us to talk about, and that's the first place winner in the men's division, and that would be Clint fucking Duncan. So Clint, he's got the lightning bolts shaved into the side of his head. He's got the frosted yep. tips. He's yep. got the long hair. He's got the tie-dyed yep. button-down shirt. Uh, with, is, is that a guitar strap across the front? I can't tell. And it's the rare sunglass slash visor combination. Brian Clint Duncan's five out of five. This man is five out of five, without a doubt. I you know what? I, I I have to say that, you know, when it came to the kids division, we, we we doubted them. When it got to the teen division, we sat there and said, what are the judges thinking? In the fee-mullet division, we sat there and said, you know, these aren't necessarily my picks. Um, but clearly in the men's division, the judges got it right. Yep. Nailed it. 100%. One more slide, Ron. Oh, is there? Oh, thank, thank you, Ron. Well. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Ron. No, no. Thank you, Ron, for rating mullets. Thank you, everyone who is in the live chat right now. We appreciate you joining us live. Your comments to us. Keep us going. It helps entertain us while we're entertaining you. Um, for those who have sat there and said, no, this podcast is not enough. We want to help the show. Coming up in a short 13 minutes. This was a long episode. People. It was. We are giving you your money's worth. Um, but we're not done. There's a whole After Dark episode we're going to be doing in about 15 minutes, just under. Um, these are going to be the types of stories that we can't put on um, uh, YouTube. Facebook would block us immediately. Twitch would start twitching. And that's not an epileptic reference. Um, it's the kind of stuff that, um, I don't want my bosses to know about Ron. Um, you are your own boss. You are a, a, a master of the universe. Um, but I'm, I'm sure you don't want the Illuminati to hear your thoughts on these types of stories. Very true. Um, we're talking sex, intrigue, death, bloodlust, and, um, uh, airlines. All right. Um, so it's some crazy stuff. Thank you everyone who's joining us. Thank you, Ron, again for rating Thank Mullet. you, sir. Um, anything else before we go? Now, let's wrap this up. It's been a fun show. Hopefully, everybody else had as much fun uh, listening or watching it as we did doing it. And uh, we'll catch everybody again next week. For your Patreon folks, we'll see you in a few minutes on After Dark. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Ron and Brian podcast. We're live each week on YouTube. 
Facebook, and Twitch. You can find prior episodes, links to our social media, and everything else Ron and Brian at ronandbrianpodcast.com. See you again next week.